and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast. I am Jake Milham, and joining me tonight is the incomparable Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's uh, opening day week, and baseball is starting to kind of become the forefront of sports. Uh, you know, my Jayhawks are playing in the national championship tomorrow night. Well, when people are listening, it'll probably be tonight. <laughs> um, but honestly, after that, it's it's baseball, baseball, baseball. So I'm super pumped, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been a pretty quick weekend. You know, it can never last long enough, in, in my opinion. But uh, no, look, hey, I'll say this. I'm Kansas State through and through, but I am so excited to see KU in the national championship scene once again. Uh, so I will be... Uh, I don't know if I can say this on recording. <laughs> I will be rooting for the Jayhawks. On and it's Monday. recorded. Oh it's gosh. Recorded. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> you can oh. start over if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be I'd be dishonest to the to the <laughs> folks. But no, I am I'm very much looking forward to it. Look, from here on out, it is just baseball and whatever NFL offseason the talking heads want to come up with. It is April 7th is opening day. It is Bobby Witt Jr. Day, and I am so freaking excited for it. But we talked about that last podcast. I got to open this up being a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Um, today, first, the Royals lost 10-8 to to the Mariners. It was, you know, it was a slugfest. A lot of home runs hit for the Mariners, five home runs in total. Uh, Michael A. Taylor did hit a dinger, though. It's the second of spring training, so that's pretty cool but there's a little bit of controversy with the announced rotation uh lucas we talked about this a little bit off the podcast could you elaborate on how you feel about the announced rotation so far yeah you know i'm actually okay with it and this was something that we were hoping you know before we really made our full predictions we wanted to kind of see this come out and i mean we talked about it last time too. What's more exciting than Zach Greinke coming back to Kansas city and opening for opening day. So um, completely excited about that. I anticipated Brad Keller, uh, you know, pitching uh, in the two hole. I think when it comes to experience and um, you know, I actually think if Mike Miner was still here, that would have been his slot, but Brad Keller is the one to kind of get bumped up in that situation. And then obviously next is going to be Chris Bubich and, as much as people kind of say spring training, I've been there too. I say it all the time that stats don't really matter. Um, I think in some situations, you almost necessarily are looking at the performance of the player. You're looking at confidence. You're looking at how they command the strike zone. You're looking at, um, you know, what kind of work did they put in the off season? They're putting in a lot of, you know, I guess, eyes on how they have carried themselves in practice and things like that. You really pay attention to that because that's your gauge on how you're going to design your lineup. I think Bubich has earned this. The guy's throwing, you know, mid nineties. He's adding another pitch of a slider. It is effective to go with his changeup and his curveball. And we really saw him progress from last year to now. That makes sense. Carlos Hernandez, another one. Carlos Hernandez started out and struggled in the beginning, you know, last year as a starter, or I guess he kind of was a bullpen piece and really kind of struggled, got sent down, came back up and kind of, we kind of saw a resurgence guy throws flames and he's good at it. 
That one, I guess you could say is a little bit of a question mark, but I like Carlos Hernandez in there. I think he's, he's got the juice to do it. Um, obviously we wanted to see Daniel Lynch. Some people are advocating for Brady Singer, who, again, I have nothing against the guy. I like Brady Singer, but I think he's got a long ways to go before he should be considered for this rotation. That is a perfect example of what they're looking at in spring training. They're not looking at his stats. They're looking at his effectiveness. His effectiveness of his other pitch, his changeup that he's been working on, has been terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that that right there speaks to why he is not in this rotation. We also heard the new president of this organization and former GM, Dayton Moore, say these guys need to start stepping up. And if they're not stepping up, then it's time to move on. Like, not necessarily move on, on, but, you know, figure something out. I think that's what you're seeing in this situation, and that's why you're seeing guys like Daniel Lynch and and Brady Singer not in this. Now, they are going to extend the rotation when that time comes. They do this – they've done this multiple years where, you know, they start out – you have a lot of off days in the beginning, and there's not a lot of need for five-man rotations. I think when the five-man rotation comes around, you will see Daniel Lynch inserted. I do think Brady Singer is going to play a different role this year, and whether he likes that or he doesn't, that's going to be his role, and that's how, you know, you always get that cliche, I'm here to help the ball club win games. I mean, we heard it from Daniel Lynch today. That's what you got to do, man. That's what you got to do or or figure it out. Um, I mean, he's still at the major league level, or would you rather go down the minors and figure it out? I mean, that's up to you, but – my honest thoughts, I, I like this rotation. I think it's going to be very effective. Um, and I do. I did notice, though, they only have one lefty. So my guess would be that they add Lynch to provide another lefty to complete that five-man rotation when that time comes. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I do, I do want to caveat this for our listeners. This isn't just a speculative rotation. This is like the confirmed, sourced-out rotation that the Royals are going to be um, going with to start off the first four games of the season. Granky on Thursday, Keller on Saturday, Bubich on Sunday, and then Hernandez on Monday. Uh, that, you know, that five hole is still kind of open right now. But to be frank, the Royals just, what, a couple of months ago, it was looking like they were going to have to start Jackson Kowar. Mm-hmm. In, in that five spot, even though he definitely was not ready. Now you have, well, is it going to be Kowar? Is it going to be Lynch? Is it, good, is it going to be Singer? There are options there, and it's going to fuel that competition amongst these younger pitchers. And it should. It, it really should. You know, who, who wants it more? Who is going to make these changes that they need to make to be effective major league baseball pitchers. And we're, we're not talking bad about, about them as people or saying that they're bad players or anything like that, but there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And so, you know what, if, if leaving that five hole open right now is going to get the best Royals pitcher onto the diamond, I'm all for it. And you know what, all these other guys, and it, except Granky of, of course, I'm sorry. I'm, Granky at this point, he is as low as he can go is the five hole. He ain't going to be pitching in Omaha anytime soon, unless an injury happens. I'm, I'm sorry for all the storm chasers fans out there. He ain't going to be up there, <laughs> but you know, two through five is open for competition. You know, been doing a lot of chiefs reading lately and Andy 
head coach Andy Reid's approach is always the five best offensive linemen out there. And right now, all I want is the five best Royals pitchers in that rotation. And I think, yeah, because I think you're seeing that with the position players. I think you're seeing such a, and we talked about this, the depth is so phenomenal and they have to fight. I mean, they're fighting against each other to make this roster. They've created such a perfect storm in this organization that you're seeing the results of that. I think there was a lot of question marks. You know, the the rotation as far as these young guys started to evolve last year, and we started seeing a lot of them start to come to the majors and really kind of just get there. Now it's like you got to go out and do this or you're not going to be a part of it. And there's another guy right behind you that is hungrier or is as hungry as you are that's going to make it happen. And so, yeah, man, I think this is is perfect. And then you got a little bit of pressure from Dayton saying, hey, you know, these young guys got to step it up. Pocolo's, I'm sure, saying the exact same thing. And that's what you need. I mean, that's how you become a good baseball team. And, you know, you're not out there. You're you're in a business, too. It's just like the NFL. We talk about all the time. It's It's a business. You're not in the business to make guys happy just to make them happy. You're trying to win a world series. So if someone's not performing, move them out and bring somebody else in. And that's, you know, we might see that in this rotation and we might see some pieces come in, go out and throughout the whole year, but they're trying to win ball games now. And I think that's a sign. That's a positive sign for this fan base is like, Hey, they're done screwing around trying to figure out, Hey, this or that, or maybe we'll sign Irvin Santana and plug him in. No, it's go time. And, and I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's been a very welcome development to this offseason approach is each person added to the roster. You know, they're, they have a purpose of being there <laughs> because to and I, I want to say this before, before I forget about it. Honestly, Lucas, you know, you know me, I ain't the perfect person uh, uh, to our listeners. I want to make sure y'all go and read Lucas's piece on Chris Bubich on Inside the Royals. Um, it's a great piece breaking down his successes in spring training and what he brings to this rotation, which, you know, is, is something very important. You know, uh, Bubich has kind of been the overlooked guy in this 2018 class, but he, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty dang good in his own right. Um, but anyways, back to it, you know, in our group chat, I was talking about how I was worried that, uh, Jacoby Jones, who is signed in the off season, was going to make this final 28 man roster. And I'm, I'm sorry. I was legitimately worried about it. I was just, <laughs> I don't want to see Jacoby Jones out there. I want to see Olivares or I want to see Isbell. Yeah. Um, but they sent him down. You know, he's not gonna, he's not going to start out opening day in Kaufman. And that shows that this organization is not settling right now. Mm-hmm. Every move is towards a better, better record, better placing, wh- whatever you want to do. it. I'm not going to say a championship because I f- still feel like that's a few years in the future. Yeah. But every step is a positive step. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, let me ask you this real quick, too, because I, I really have been wanting to ask you this. Do you think that from an organizational standpoint, they're seeing maybe they're a few months ahead or even a year ahead in the progress of some of these young position players? Because I just, you know, we saw Santana sign a multi-year deal. Um, There's, you know, Michael A. Taylor recently just signed a two-year deal. 
But to me, with this wave of young, talented, you know, prospects coming up, it almost seems like it's a little conflicting to have yeah. still have like Santana. And we've talked, you know, you know, Santana didn't have the best of year last year. What are your thoughts at least on that? Do you think like maybe they're a little bit ahead of some of the performances we're seeing? And that's why, you know, a lot of people are questioning why Santana's on this team. Why did they re-sign Michael A. Taylor when you got Isbell, Oliveris, you got Hicklin, you got some other talented, you know, outfielders down there coming up, making that push. You know, what are your thoughts on that? So on Santana specifically, I I do want to say this. I think the fact that he is still in this roster is a good thing in a sense, because it's not forcing Prado or Vinny P to be on the opening day roster before they are ready. You know, neither one of them are, are going to be on the opening day roster as of right now. Um, which, you know what, I, I deep down, I want them to be, but this is the safe approach. You know, if they're not ready, the young guys go, let them be better down in the minor leagues. And when they're ready, they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a patient approach. And in a sense, you're almost waiting out the rest of the AL central. Yeah. Um, because we, we saw the white Sox last year, the white Sox were, were pretty good during stretches, but they, they just couldn't get it done. And the rest of, I'm trying to think how to word this. The rest of the division is still a few steps behind the Royals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't think they are, they're conflicting moves. I think they're hedging their bets in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so let, let's say, Isbell gets injured and Oliveras goes cold, right? We, we still got Michael A. Taylor. Yeah. Or let's say Dozier needs extended time off and Prado just isn't ready. We still got Santana. Mm-hmm. Now, Taylor and Santana, I you're paying them more money than being bench players or security but they're also very valuable trade pieces to the right situation. So you can reload for those future teams in a sense for pennies on the dollar. So that's, I know that's a little bit of a convoluted way to say it, um, but I'm not all for these moves, but I'm not against them either. They make sense in the greater scheme of things, you know, for sure. I think they're, you know, it also creates a little bit less pressure if they kind of go down and they start getting acclimated to, you know, live games again, say they go on a month stretch where they're, they've been playing and then they get that call up and they can see like the Royals maybe are, I'm just going to say five games over 500 or something. And they're coming into an environment where the atmosphere is very positive and it's not as much of a pressure situation as maybe an opening day to just kind of start your season and just get rolling. So, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I'm excited. I think, uh, I think these moves are, are justified. Um, and, you know, Angel Zerper going down to double a really kind of hurt my heart because yeah. you know how I feel about him, but yeah, I understand. I do understand why. And I think he he'll end up become, he'll come back up here and uh, we'll make a difference for sure. But in due time, dude, can we talk about that rotation down there? Double a though. That's nasty. Like it is absolutely disgusting. It's, yeah. You know, I I didn't take a I didn't do a double take on that transaction because I was like, oh, okay, he's going down to Omaha. 
No, he's going down to double A, which is both a good and a bad thing. But you're telling me we're going to have a rotation of Zerpa, Asa Lacey, AJ Block, Anthony... I, I can't yes. ever say his name. Yes, correct. Anthony V. I mean, just those lefties alone are absolutely disgusting. And we're not talking about the folks who are coming up in the system. Like, oh my gosh. And, I would hate to I would hate to face that triple A lineup, oh, man. Oh, oh but yeah, gosh. go continue on, continue on. Well, no, and something that I was gonna say is when Hosmer was coming up, when Moustakas was coming up, there's something to being said about those guys having their successes in the minor league system that brought them together as a team and made them want to chase success and not just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every every major league player is just chasing a paycheck, but sometimes you get a little, little comfortable in your situation. Mm-hmm. All those guys were hungry and they came up to the Royals hungry. Yeah. So again, hedging bets. All right. I'm sorry. These, you just had a guy who started for the Royals last year down in Northwest Arkansas. Like that is, and was successful in his starts for Kansas city last year. Like he's, he's going to be dangerous down there. And from double a all the way up, to to the Royals, mm-hmm. you have viable prospects being called up. Yep. And so that's only going to fuel people who are above them because they know folks are nipping on their heels ready for their opportunity. So I'm, I'm all here for it, man. Yeah. And like I said, I think they've created a perfect storm for competition, for environments. I mean, that's at least you can say with the Royals, they, they do that and they do that correctly because, you know, we heard last year when – when those teams were showing all that success and winning and winning championships at those levels, like, you know, like we talked to Will Klein, man, and Will Klein talked about that. And I think that that that's one thing too, is I just hope that when they get to the majors, they have enough of them there that they can create, you know, keep that fire. Like, Hey, we're all at the major league level. Let's go win a championship versus kind of having some of these stagnant veterans who, like you said, are just there maybe for a paycheck. So I'm hoping that once these guys kind of come up, they see them as their friends and their teammates, and they really start to rally behind each other. And it's no longer about playing for a paycheck. It's about playing that game that you used to back in your backyard on a sandlot, you know, hitting with all kinds of, you know, rocks and stuff. And it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You, you know, got me that, fired up, man. I'm hyped. Let's go. Hey, it's, in, it's all about stickball, not baseball, right? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I remember crushing baseballs over the house I used to live at and hope that it didn't hit a car driving past, man. Like Oof. there's all kinds of stuff. We would, we'd mow, we would mow the lines in our yard and we get in trouble because, you know, our, our parents would try to perfect the grass and make it look beautiful in the backyard. And we're down here dropping it to the ground zero to get base pass. <laughs> but, yeah, man, there's all kinds of stuff we did. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear that more in the future, but Hey, I, I do want, I do also want to say this. Will Klein, if you ever want to come back on, we'd love to talk to you. For sure. You know, he, he was a great guy to interview and l- listen to our episode with him. Oh gosh. It was probably about half a dozen back now. Time, <laughs> time flies. We've That's been killing it, man. We're hey man. Hey, we, we've been pumping them out, man. We're pumping yeah. them out. Um, and Okay. This is a complete pivot from mm-hmm. 
on the diamond to off the diamond. Um, there is, man. Wow, I'm sorry. We we're all we're all hyped up, and I I got to be the guy to bring it back down. There is something to be said about the lockdown really hurting fans' outlook for 2022. Um, I do know, you know, family members included. I do know many longtime MLB fans that are just like, "Hey, we're we're done. We don't have MLB TV anymore." We're not really going to go to games. We'll support our local minor league teams, but we're not going to go to the major league games anymore. I think that there should be a real concern for these small market teams and making moves to keep butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Royals, they are contenders right now. There's a lot. Of, there are some question marks. So, Lucas, if you are a part of this organization or this ownership group of the organization, what is one move you would make to get fans energized or, you know, just excited and bring them into the stadium? I mean, I think they're doing it, honestly, man, by bringing Bobby Wood Jr. up for opening day. I think that's going to draw a crowd in itself just to say they they're able to see him play the game and like. I think anybody who is just a fan of baseball, that's attracting them enough because they understand like a number one overall prospect doesn't just happen all the time or overnight. Like he's worked his way into it and MLB doesn't always favor smaller market teams um, and how they project them. They've really kind of taken this and projected Bobby Wood Jr. and talked about him and, you know, hyped him up. So it's a much bigger than even Kansas city. So I think like, you're you're going to start to draw fans that aren't just even Kansas City Royals fans to come see Bobby Witt Jr. play, and that's going to put, you know, butts in seats. I also think, you know, I think that how the Royals kind of carry themselves for, you know, their promotions and stuff too. Like yeah. you're getting a lot of T-shirt giveaways and like Buck Night and Fri- Fireworks Fridays are always going to like draw families out. And I think if you can start to provide a winning product, and I think that's key – if you have a winning product, you're going to get the fans to come back out, even if they say they're going to lose interest. Man, I'm telling you, in 14 and 15, I spent a lot of time out at the ballpark. And Hell yeah, the average fan would come out because we were ha- we had success. We were winning ball games, And that's if they truly want to get fans back out there, they don't even have to do T-shirts or hot dogs. If they're if they're <laughs> winning ball games, they're going to come out. Hey, you know what? The, the hot dogs don't hurt, though. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, we've talked probably a hundred times on this. How many? Are I know. To, everybody probably thinks, man, I got a. He's got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with a good old stadium dog. All right. Nope. Nope. But uh, but no, you're you're right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit more radical on this. I'll I'll be honest. So if you if you want to skip past this part, go ahead. I'll try to keep it to two minutes or something like that. <laughs> Um, I frankly, I think that the Royals need to work out something to get out of their current TV deal with Bally's. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, you know, there's compared to other teams, there's not this super huge population group close to Kauffman stadium. If you, 
take out Bally's and you figure out something where you don't have blackouts, it's a little, it's a little bit more easier, accessible to watch games. People are going to be more interested to come in to Kaufman, make that trip and watch games. In in my opinion, yeah. um, you know, I've been doing some reading lately, trying to, trying to understand the whole TV deal structure amongst the major league clubs. And most of the time they are um, negotiated on an individual team scale. Mm-hmm. So if this, you know, if this team really wants to make some changes at the organizational level, that, that might be one way to do it. But I only bring that up because you brought the brought up the best way to put butts in seats. And that's have a winning team and have a team that people are interested in, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, my perspective is a little bit different. Like I, I live, you know, within 20 minutes of the stadium. Um, I have no problem watching baseball games because they're on my TV. So to get your perspective from someone who doesn't necessarily live in the state and has, has had issues, you know, pulling up the games and stuff. I think that's important because, you know, there are Royals fans across the United States and even worldwide, and they have to find out how to watch games and it's not always presented to them or in the best of fashion. So yeah, man, that's, I'm, I'm glad you said, brought that up for sure, because here I am talking about just winning and stuff, but yeah, there's a negative side to this. And that's been something that people complain about so much. I have heard though, that Bally's and this is a rumor I've read, okay. but they're trying to break it off to where they can be their own entity okay. and they can have the product of like said Royals. And so all you got to do is basically download their app, pay whatever the subscription is, and then you're able to watch them without blackouts. Now, I don't know how far along they are with that or what what's going into that to make that happen because of the rights and everything. But I have heard that they're trying to make that happen. So it'll be interesting. It, it will be. And you know what? If there's a setup like that, I'm, I'm all for that. It's simpler. It's much more accessible. You don't have to, you know, calculate radiuses for teams and stuff like that to, mm-hmm. I don't know, figure out if you want to watch a game. But that's the, that's just my opinion. Yeah, we're not going to I told folks to skip ahead two minutes. I'm pretty sure I'm at the end of my two minutes. here. <laughs> but um, but last thing before we get out of here, Lucas, is we want to talk about our overall season record predictions for these Kansas City Royals. Um, I'm going to throw you into the fire first because I'm not one to do it. So what are your predictions? Uh, I predicted 85 and 77. Ooh, man. And I, uh, we actually have, we're doing a round table for inside the Royals. So every contributor over at inside the Royals is going to be pushing that out. And hopefully that yep. comes out soon for you guys. Uh, but I give a sneak peek and that's kind of my prediction is 85 and 77. Now real quick, if I can hit on why I did that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, basically, I mean, I think with, with calling up Bobby Wood Jr. I think the environment, the culture starts to change. I think it, it sends a message to within that organization, within that locker room, like, Hey, we're changing the tone. We're changing on how we're, con- we're going to approach games. I think the Royals are going to score with the best of them. I really do. I think our hitting is not going to be the problem. There might be nights where we are stagnant, but that's because you're facing guys that are elite of the elite. So there are going to be times where you maybe score two, three, and you maybe even get shut out. But I think for the most part, the Royals are going to compete at the plate. It's going to be kind of up and down with the starting pitching. You got a lot of youth 
led by a, a very veteran, you know, Zach Grinky, 38 years old, throwing yeah. 88 miles an hour. He's not what he used to be, but I think the starting pitching will will kind of figure some stuff out. I do think there's going to be some ups and downs. I think this bullpen is going to be locked down, man. I really do. Oh, when you got yeah. guys averaging 98 plus, um, there's a lot of flames out in that bullpen, and there's a lot of kind of you know spit and fire type of guys out there, and that's what you need in a bullpen. Like Amir Garrett, I mean, he's not going to back down to nobody, and oh. so I'm excited for that. So I think that's why I predict 85 and 77. I don't know if that wins the AL Central or not because I'm kind of curious to see how you know, the White Sox can go. If their starting pitching starts to fall apart, where we just got the rumor that Lance Lynn's going to be out for four weeks. Yep. Um, it, you know, Dallas Keuchel's not what he used to be. So if they are rolling guys out there like Keuchel and, you know, some of these other guys, eh, they may not start off as hot. And that gives the, the Royals an opportunity. So 85 and 77. All right, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit more bearish, but not, not too far behind you. I'm currently sitting at 83 and 79. Um, I'm right there with you, though. I think the bullpen and hitting are going to lead this team once again. But that is the championship blueprint that the Kansas City Royals have set before. So, Mm -hmm. you know what? As long as we lean into that, I am I'm just fine with that personally. Um, I do think that if the Royals can pull your prediction that that might just win the central. Um, we're not, we're not looking at a whole bunch of powerhouse contending teams in the central It's mostly in the East and the West where those teams are. Um, so there, there's going to be some pretty contentious series in this season. And that makes for better baseball, in my opinion, man. For sure. And I, I, I just elaborated just a little bit too, like with the, I got to make sure I say it right. Guardians (laughs) almost slipped up there. Uh, you know, if they, if they don't start off very well, I mean, who's to say they don't ship out Jose Ramirez and maybe a few other guys. And then they kind of start over too. And that, you know, the twins are very suspect. Like, you know, originally we thought they were going to start competing. Then they trade off Donaldson and, but then they acquire Gary Sanchez. There was just so many question marks. The tigers are kind of in the same boat with the Royals. They could honestly surprise this year. And then you got the very top heavy white Sox, but injuries have been plaguing them as of late. And, Man, it's going to be it. It is literally the door is open. You know, before I would say maybe it's cracked, uh, you know, and maybe you could sneak in there. I think that door is kicked wide open and, and the opportunity for anyone to take over this is there. And the Royals have that opportunity. Yeah. And you know what? We've we both talked about how excited we are after spring training. We're even more excited right now. Honestly, yeah. just there's more developments. People are getting better. Other teams are, you know, they're kind of falling apart. But thankfully, thankfully, the Royals have been keeping things together for the most part. I, you know, no major injuries, no major concerns as of right now. But, Lucas, I just want to remind you, man, next time we're here recording, it is going to be after the opening day game, man. I just that brings a smile to my face thinking about it, man. Like we're going to finally see the debut of Bobby Wood Jr. We're going to see Mondesi at shortstop again, maybe. We're going to see Zach Granke and freaking Kaufman Stadium again, man. Can you think can you think about that? I mean, it's great. It, it's it almost feels like it's taken forever. I mean, it, it has obviously, oh, yeah. been put, but for some reason, this has seemed like one of the longest off seasons. And I mean, man, it, it really, it, it usually takes a little bit for it to settle in for me. And like, 
man, I know Thursday, I'm or Wednesday and a Thursday. I'm not going to sleep, man. That's just oh, how yeah. I am with baseball. And I'm hoping tomorrow, you know, when you guys are listening to this, the KU Jayhawks have won a national championship and that'll just post <laughs> us right into to baseball, man. And it's just, man, Zach Greinke, Bobby Witt Jr. I'm excited. I want to see, like, as crazy as it sounds, man, I'm just, I want to see Kyle Isbell out there, man. I know, <laughs> I know how the lineup's going to kind of shake out, but yeah. I'm excited for Kyle, man. I'm excited for this team. And um, real quick, if I can plug guys, go, go, go over to inside the Royals. And I wrote a piece on Mike Matheny. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have kind of questioned, you know, is he the right leader? I kind of give my two cents on why I think he's the perfect manager for this, you know, movement and what we got going. So head over there, check it out. And, um, you know, we really do appreciate all the support. Yeah, we, we really do. And our, our editor, Jordan foot, he also put out a pretty good article of a couple of days ago about, you know, the, just the overall story of Zach Granke returning to Kansas city. Um, and that's, that's not something that should be taken for granted. So if you want to brush up on just how important and how significant it is, uh, go, go read that article. Uh, look, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm still astounded, you know, here in a couple of weeks, we'll have, you know, Ryan back on, we'll have, we'll have Kevin back on main possibly, you know, we'll, we'll have all these guys back on and just talk about hopefully a successful Royals baseball team. For sure, man. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm Heck hyped. Yeah. I, I am too. And you know what? I'm even more hyped because I'm still, we're still so blessed by the fact that inside the Royals that, I mean, we're, we're the podcast for inside. The we Royals. are. <laughs> We are. So look, we, that is going to dominate the next podcast. We're going to be talking about all the storylines after opening day, 2022. Um, any, we, any predictions real quick for opening day? What do you, what oh, do you got? The overall Royals lineup will hit at least three home runs. Holy smokes. That is a, I like it though, man. <laughs> I like it. That's my prediction. What do you got though? Uh, Grinky's going to go six and two thirds of one run ball with seven Ooh. strikeouts, man. You know what? Hey, if we're getting that from a 38 year old, I, I'm not complaining. No offense to the 38 year olds out there. I just want to say, but <laughs> He shoved last year on opening day and I, he yeah. did, was thrown the exact same man. So it's Zach Grinky, man. He's, he's a perfectionist. He's a, he's going to hit his spots and he's got one of the best catchers in, in the game right now. And I believe they get it done. Yes, sir. I, I do as well. I, so we're both in, in agreement here. We are predicting a Royals opening day win, sending their fans home happy from Kaufman. We go with that for sure. All right. Yes, sir. Hopefully we're talking about that here on Thursday. Um, that that's going to do it for us today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be talking about the results from opening day, any storylines from there. We'll have some, um, minor league results for you as well. So we'll run through those. Um, please leave us a like, subscription or review on whatever platform you're listening on. We do appreciate those who reviewed us on Apple podcast uh, this past week it has really made a big difference to be honest with you. Um, if you want to continue the conversation, we are more than happy to talk on our podcast, Twitter, give us a follow at Royal rundown pod. Lucas, where can they follow you at though? Guys head over to the beat of KC. You're going to get a lot of, uh, a 
you know, awesome content. And I try to keep you up to date as much as I can on current stuff with Kansas City's Chiefs, Royals, Kansas Jayhawks. And so, yeah, head over there and that's where you can find me at. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I do, I do have to plug uh, one of our fellow Kansas City area cr- creators, Michael Darcy. Um, you know, he's doing great stuff over there at Kansas City Sports Report. Um, you know, find him, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Twitter. Um, you know, he's always doing stuff with Lucas. Lucas is always annoying him, just like he's annoying me right now, man. I mean, golly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how we, that's how we get it done, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you succeed and I'm all here for it. Uh, but again, I'm Jacob Milham. You could follow me on Twitter at jmilham. It's a lot of Chiefs and Royals content right now. And I wouldn't have it any, any other way because Kansas State men's basketball sucked. So anyways, <laughs> we're not here to talk about KSU. We're here to talk about the Royals. But again... Thank you for listening, and until next time, go Royals!